Well, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined by my father. His name is John Bruce. He's a fellow pastor. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's a big week, Dad. It is a big week. Men's retreat. Huge. Niners and Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Big week. For all of us. Yeah. For all of us. <laughs> big, big week, you know, just, just got to emotionally prepare for the game, you know, just, uh, yeah. you know, got to yeah. go through our preparation and, you know. That's right. Go ahead and get that win. Got to go help our team. Got to go help our team. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's good. Uh, well, today we're going to continue our series, Smart People, What Proverbs Teaches About Building Habits. Proverbs is all about wisdom, and biblical wisdom is skill in living. It's those small daily decisions we make where we try to work with the grain of God's universe. So Proverbs is the Bible's habit book. It shows us what it means to take God seriously and small daily decisions, and Proverbs has much to say about friendship. According to Proverbs, smart people prioritize friendship. They prioritize their friends, and that's what we've been talking about. Uh, Last week, we talked about why we need friends. This week is, how do you make friends? So, Dad, how do you make friends? Where do you want to start? Well, I, I want to go back to what we talked about last week, a little bit about Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, and the companion of fools will suffer harm. And so we become like the people we spend the most time with. So choosing our friends wisely becomes a high, high priority. And uh, I wanted to look at a passage today that isn't specifically about friendship. It's about people God hates. And so which if, we, if we love what God loves and hate what God hates, then uh, it seems to be wise and a wise criteria for choosing friends. That is the first step to building friendship. Hating the right people. Exactly. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. Good. Good. Yes. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. No, I, I know God loves everybody, and uh, He doesn't love us because we're lovable. He loves us because He's God. Um, but and yet there are characteristics God hates exactly. in people. The Bible is very clear about that. Right. He loves people, but He hates some of the things people do. Yep. And if you're a parent, you understand that. Um, you you can love your children <laughs> and hate what they do. You hate what they do. Yep. And so Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen reveals seven things that people do that God hates. And if I adopt those things as my criteria, I think it will really help me in making the right kinds of friends yeah. and avoiding the wrong kind. So that's kind of what I'd like to look at today. Proverbs six sixteen says there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. So I thought we'd talk through these seven things and how they help us to make the right kinds of friends and avoid the wrong kinds. So before you look for the right things, you need to know what to avoid. Exactly, exactly. The first thing, first question to ask when when choosing friends is, are they proud or humble? Um, Do your friends tend to look down on others? Do they always talk about themselves? Um, are they easily offended? Are they arrogant? Are they self-important? Do they tend to be clicky, excluding other people, judging people, condemning people? Humility may not be on the top of our list of people we choose, but I think they're at the top of God's. Hmm. Because the first thing God hates is haughty eyes. Hmm. Um, 
these these are people that don't have to say anything. You can just by looking at them, you know they're proud. They're they're arrogant, mm-hmm. and uh, you basically say, "I'm smarter. I'm prettier. I'm I'm wealthier. I'm more successful. I'm more moral than than everybody else." And yeah, and that acts as a natural repellent. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> unless you're trying to get something out of them, I I, I think uh, you know that that's going to be odious to most people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, probably because it brings up the pride in me too. Well, exactly. That, that, as C.S. Lewis said, the reason you hate the person who has to be the center of attention is because they're stealing your show. Basically, <laughs> you know, that you love being the center of attention. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I think there's three reasons you don't want proud friends. Okay. Uh, one, they're hard to get get along with. <laughs> they just they always they don't want friends. They want admirers. Um, and uh, second, pride is contagious. You know, if you're around proud people, you'll become proud too. Just that's, uh, there's a, a natural law that goes that way. We become like those whom we spend time with. Um, and finally, pride is dangerous hmm. because God is opposed to the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before stumbling. And, and humble people are just, on the other hand, are delight to be around. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, that's why Paul says, don't be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Look, Pick lowly friends. Pick humble friends because they'll be the best friends. Mm-hmm. Good. So those are one thing is don't don't pick proud friends. Any other thoughts you have about that one? I think they're all checks for us that here are the things yeah. that are going to repel other people. Yes, exactly. So if, yeah. uh, if you are looking to get friendships because you need a listening ear or something <laughs> like that, that's... Uh, it's a great way to drive away anyone who's a yeah. prospective friend. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Let's keep moving through these. Yeah. Arrogance seems to be uh, so attractive to us <laughs> when it's our arrogance. Mm-hmm. I, I think the second question that, that we would ask is, are they honest or deceptive? Mm-hmm. Can I trust them? The second thing that God hates is a lying tongue. Mm-hmm. And uh, so God, as far as God's concerned, there are no small issues when it comes to integrity no white lies yep um false malice is is abomination of the lord but a just weight is delight this is delight proverbs 11 1 um proverbs 16 11 a just balance and scales belong to the lord all the weights of the bag are his concern so god loves truth hates falsehood and and that's why proverbs 12 12 says lying lips are an abomination of the lord but those who deal faithfully are his delight so if he delights in those who tell the truth, we should look for people who tell the truth. Yeah. You want friends, not fans. Yeah. Just people who will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's another element of this, that, yeah. that you want people who are honest, who, who don't believe the hype about you. Exactly. You know, and if, if you just have admirers, you're not going to have good friends. Yeah, no, that's good. So if you can't trust your friend to tell you the truth, who can you trust? Yeah. You got, you got to have friends of the people who... who you should be able to rely on to give you a clear indication of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, third question to ask in choosing friends, according to this proverb, are they tender-hearted or cruel? Mm. Third thing God hates, and hands that shed innocent blood. So murderers. Yeah, don't so be friends with serial killers. Our axe, our axe murderers. Okay, yeah. good. Check. Yeah, good. So that one takes care of that one. This is more, of course, than physical violence. It could also be emotional or psychological violence it's just basically about abusing people yeah abusing the powerless victimizing the weak these are bullies mm-hmm. you don't want to have bullies for friends yeah um, 
people that are insensitive to people, people who bless their, their neighbor with a loud voice in the morning. It'll be a reckon to a curse to them. Uh, a true friend doesn't think about so much what he needs. He thinks about what you need. So he's sensitive to you. Yeah. Doesn't run over your feelings, mm-hmm. your plans, your dignity, even in his attempts to help you. So hmm. I, I think a, a kind, sensitive friend mm-hmm. is, is absolutely essential. Um, any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, cruelty is contagious, too. Yeah. And one of the easiest places to become cruel is in your friendships, particularly in how you regard other people, treat other people, yeah. because you can create this inner ring of friendship where you look out at the world. It's, it's, what, it's one of the reasons friendship is so powerful and so dangerous, is that, is that friends, if it becomes a feedback loop for kind of your own superiority, uh, then it, uh, you know, it becomes really destructive. Yeah. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I think of... Uh, Who's the anthropologist that wrote that book, Men in Groups? And it's yeah. just a history of all the destruction men <laughs> create in groups. And, and he says the same thing in Proverbs, you know, it's it's don't join this band of people who want to go do this or do that, you know. And it's often the the worst is done in the dark, but by groups of people. Yeah. It's, it's the gang, you know, and the way of the gang. And the reality is, man, we need a gang. You just need a good gang <laughs> to go accomplish something in the world. You yeah. know, you need a you need a band of brothers to go towards a, a pro-social constructive end but yeah. that that need to throw in your hat among people and and with a common purpose boy uh it is it is powerful it really is for, for good or for ill yeah um yeah and you can even within that group you can exhibit great traits you can have loyalty and determination and persistence and honor and all of these things to go do horrible things in the world yeah 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 okay fourth question are they ethical or unethical. Fourth thing God hates, heart that devises wicked plans. Hmm. Heart that's quick to cheat, mm-hmm. take advantage, uh, never takes into consideration what's the right thing to do here, what's the ethical thing to do, but rather what's going what's gonna to benefit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bad choices for friends because if they don't cheat you, they'll get you cheating other people. Mm-hmm. That's just that's who they are. Yep. Remember a story about Teddy Roosevelt, who uh, he, that was when he w- was working out on a ranch. He had a ranch out in, um, I think, Montana. Anyway, he and the cowboys were out branding sh- uh, stray cattle once, and they found a cow, and they knew it was their neighbor's cow um, that wasn't branded because he knew it wasn't one of his. And and he noticed his uh, one of his workers getting ready to brand him with their their branch branch, and he says, "What are you doing?" He says, "Well," he says. Cows on your property belongs to you, and he says, he says, no, that's my, that's our neighbor's plan. We need to put the, our neighbor's brand on him mm-hmm. and, and turn him loose. And the man said, no, that's not the way things are done. And Roosevelt immediately fired him. He mm. said, go pick up your stuff. You're fired because if you'll cheat for me, you'll cheat me. Yep. And that's the idea. This is so you don't want somebody, um, basically, who's a cheater. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's the idea there. Uh, fifth. Are they principled or easily tempted? Hmm. Fifth thing God hates is feet that run rapidly to evil. So, so I think the person Solomon is describing here is a person who's drawn to sin mm-hmm. like a moth is to flame. Yeah. It's just they can't resist. They have no clear convictions, no lines they refuse to cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're without principles. Yeah. Um, and they're at the mercy of their own immediate feelings. And uh, you will be drawn into that. If if you're not careful, you've got to really see where 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 is a person's lines. 
Yeah. I mean, friendships form around virtue and friendships form around vice. Yeah. I think is is what stands out to me. And like if you if you become addicted to drugs, the most accepting, wonderful community in the world will be other drug addicts. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be the most supportive, the most understanding, all of those things and and grease the wheels to your own destruction. Exactly. And um and and so again, it has to do with the contagious nature of friendship. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's good. Temptations, I find, don't usually sneak up on you. Mm. You have to go looking for them. Yeah. And so, if you're around people who are always giving in to temptations, you'll find yourself drawn to give in to temptations too. Yeah. Proverbs fourteen sixteen says, "A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless." And I find that when I hang around people who uh, don't have convictions, um, it's just a lot easier to fall in with them uh, than to take a stand. Uh, I remember when I played rugby, there was a guy on our team, it was a great guy, you know, he was a very, very friendly guy and, and uh, always had a good time. But I noticed him becoming more and more withdrawn and more and more sad and stuff like that. And, and I finally asked him, what's going on with you? And he says, oh, I my life is such a mess. I don't know how this happened, but he's married, had a child, but he also had an affair with one of the hanger ons around the rugby team and she got pregnant and now she wanted him to leave his wife for her. And he was struggling with, well, in, in the end he, he lost his marriage and, and everything. And he said, very interesting. I just don't know how this happened to me. <laughs> and I thought, well, I know how it happened. You were hanging around a very wild group of single men and you began to embrace their lifestyle yeah. and got caught up in the, all the things they were caught up in. You yeah. didn't guard yourself from, from that. And uh, just it, it was a great warning for me of how easy it is to be conformed to the group we hang around with. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there's a, there's a kind of one-upsmanship that happens in... Yeah. <laughs> And maybe it's uh, maybe it's more characteristic of men, but it's sort of like, you know, when you get into that lifestyle, there's it almost becomes a competition to outdo one another. Yeah, yeah. And and you can either have a a, a vicious cycle or a virtue cycle of that, um, but that sense of hierarchy is always there. Yeah. And, and one-upsmanship, and you know, I just think about you know, <laughs> more benign examples, but. You know, TPing a house in high school, and there's always the guy who has to say, let's do something to the lawn next, or let's do, you know what I mean? And it's always that, just that next thing, that next thing, that's next thing of who can who can push the limit yeah. the furthest. But yeah. Uh, yeah. eventually someone crosses the line. Yeah, yeah. No, sin invades our lives through small, soft choices. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's, if it's hard to sin, most people won't sin. Nope. If it's easy to sin, most people will. Yeah. And so you just have to, that's how you choose your friends. Yeah. Um, sixth question, are they trustworthy? Are they a gossip? Mm -hmm. hmm. Sixth thing God hates, a false witness who utters lies. So this is the second time that lying is mentioned, but which shows how much God values truth. But this time, Solomon's talking about a specific kind of a liar, those who lie about others, hmm. slanderers, gossips, people who are quick to pass or damaging information. Um, and so another question is, is people, as I'm choosing a friend, are they trustworthy or are they going to go gossip about me when I'm not around? Yep. So 
Same principle. They do it behind you. You know, if they do it to you, they'll do it behind your back. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And then finally, seventh, are they constructive or divisive? The last thing uh, that God hates and one who spreads strife among brothers. I remember my my first church job, I I made a friend, very friendly guy, seemed to be very spiritual. And yet I found the more time we spent together, the more time he was criticizing the other staff members and just was constantly criticizing. And and it really shaped the way I viewed my fellow staff. And I was too stupid then to realize what was happening. But I valued his opinions, and that really uh, changed the way I looked at my my fellow staff members, and I had to finally repent of that and distance myself from him and and begin to get really get to know the staff and find that what he was saying was by and large wrong. Right. And he was just a critical guy. Yeah. And in almost every instance, if someone is relentlessly critical like that, it says more about them than the people they're criticizing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I think it's really important in, if, for anybody in a leadership position there, when you think about friendship, um, People can want to form relationships with you for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. And, and if you have a position of power in any way, to be really reticent of that fact or mindful of that fact, that, that people could have ulterior motives for um, wanting to be in a relationship yeah. with you. And if it's to try to shape or sway you in some way to do what they want you to do, that's something to be very cognizant of. Yeah. Um, especially if you're in a leadership team, because... That team has to be the first team in the organization, meaning that you have to be aligned together yeah. to engage the rest of the organization. You have to be the, the ones who disagree and then commit to things yeah. and, and speak with one voice and embrace productive conflict. And if there's any sense that that's not team one, that there's sub-teams within it where loyalties are divided, uh, the organization is doomed Yeah, be- because uh, everyone has a faction that they're fighting to represent uh, but they don't, and, and that happens all the time yeah. in churches. Yeah. But often it's based on friendships. Yeah. That there's a little, you know, cadre over here and over here. Uh, that you have to, you have to have a sense of of loyalty to to this team first. That we're gonna work this out. We're gonna figure it out. We're not gonna go separately and complain about each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's more organizational leadership. But right. That's free from someone who has no knowledge of organizational leadership. It's just a pastor. But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You agree. All right, good. Yeah, next one. I, well, that's uh, it. That's it. That's it. Okay. I was going to say one thing. Solomon says, like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross or burning lips and a wicked heart, uh, <laughs> that uh, he who disguises it with his lips but lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. The idea there is a is a appearing, a beautiful vessel, because it looks like a silver vessel, but it's phony. It's it's just it's just earthen, cheap, but it's overlaid with silver dross, yep. and that's the way a person who can come across as very attractive, and yet he is really critical and gossiping, and and uh, don't believe him when he talks because uh, his heart is not pure. Yeah. Anyway, those are some I I think are helpful in just identifying people we don't want for friends. Yeah. Because it'll it'll destroy us. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that is the assumption that we're supposed to be intentional in choosing friends. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we're intentional in choosing a spouse. Uh, 
more often than not, we're intentional in choosing a coach uh, or yeah. someone they want to mentor us. Um, but friends are often happenstance. It's it's more proximity than priority. Yeah. It's just I happened to be around these people, and then they became my yeah. friends. And, uh, you know, Proverbs would call them companions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the people you just kind of end up hanging out around. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the companion of fools suffers harm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the bros, as yeah. we would say today, you know, yeah. you just end up hanging around these guys just because they happen to be on your team or they happen to be in your social circle or whatever, but they're not the kind of people that, yeah. that you should. And I think we all know that when we counsel our kids, you know, pick good friends, you know, when you're in middle school or high school, but we don't take that into account later in life that, no, I really, I, I'm not going to form my friendships based on convenience, but conviction. And And I think the reason that happens is because we don't, intentionally make friends right friends have just kind of got to happen yeah and that's why it's the easiest to have friends when you're in college or in school because the people are right there yeah and you just kind of fall in with with a group yeah but once you get out you have to be more intentional really about making friends yourself or you won't have any friends mm -hmm. you've got to be the one that reaches out and and a lot of people don't want to do that yeah but it's it's absolutely essential yeah it's good so that's good on what to avoid. I think um, I think this is a hard time to make friends. Mm -hmm. um, people, as the as the generation gets younger, they get lonelier in the data, and I think uh, so much of our our lives are remote now <laughs> and mediated through technology. It's it's hard. It's challenging to build friends. It so, is. So what steps can we take? What would Proverbs commend for, for forming lasting friendships? You can't see people's hearts right away. Yeah. But you can, can guess there's probably going to be more good friends available in certain settings than in other settings. Right. So I think frequent those settings. Yeah. For example, I think that's one reason to be regular in church. Yeah. Because if you're looking for people who love God, and want to please him, you'll probably find them more likely in church than at the local bar. Right. Or, and so I think that's one thing, is you've got to be where the kind of people you want to be friend are going to be. Right. That's the first thing. Yep. Yeah. Even the gym is better odds than, than the bar. <laughs> you know, it's at least someone has discipline. Someone is, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you want to look at you know, the kind of behaviors I want to cultivate. Who yeah. are the people there? Yeah. What are they doing? And, and this might be a ground for friendship. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So you got to put yourself where potential friends are. Right. They're not going to show, show up at your door one day and knock and say, I'd like to be your friend. Yeah. Yep. So what else would you say? Oh, I think of that. Uh, there's that great C.S. Lewis quote about friendship, that it's a you know a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationship, not a face-to-face. -face. You know, eros is more face-to-face, -face, yeah. intimate, excluding um, friendship uh, is is more shoulder to shoulder with a common vision of life, right? That we are that we are moving toward, and uh, what that means is that you have to be moving somewhere to have friends. Yeah, you yeah. have to be moving toward something. Yes, um, because if you're not, then you have no fellow travelers. And uh, C.S. Lewis <laughs> says it rather bluntly. He says. That is why those pathetic people who simply want friends, quote-unquote, can never make any. The very condition of having friends is that we should want something else besides yeah. friends. Yeah. And so 
I would say if you're if you're lonely, you know, do you have a purpose in life greater than just kind of going to work? Yeah. And and then, you know, playing video games and uh yeah. you know, you, you've got to set some objectives for your life of these are things I want to grow in, you know, physically, spiritually, uh, mentally, and and start pursuing those interests yeah. as much as you can. And then Lewis calls it the secret thread, you know, the thing in every friendship where you meet the person and you finally find the person who thinks the way you do or has the same thoughts or aspirations. And you go, oh, me too, you yeah. know, and finally yeah. it happens. And I remember that secret thread in college when I finally discovered that with other guys my age. And it was like uh, the light bulb went off, Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. a lot of the, some of those guys are still lifelong, you know, they're going to be lifelong friends. Yeah, And yeah. so uh, I think that's one of the biggest things is... Um, you got to be moving somewhere. Yeah. So whatever that means for you, you can't yeah. you can't just want friends because you're lonely because you're going to be kind of miserable company, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're really not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right. You're you're looking for someone to serve you mm-hmm. as a friend. But if you're seeking God, you'll seek His mission. You'll seek what He what has God called me to do. And as you seek what God has called you to do, He will bring you people. Right. Um, to be friends who are mm-hmm. going the same direction and you'll encourage each other. Yeah. I really think that I, I've really seen that at Creekside is the the number of I, I, I look at it from the men's point of view, I think the same things happen for the women, but the number of 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 two men or two women getting together on a regular basis to study the Bible together and to hold each other accountable and to pray together and stuff like that, that has grown and multiplied and, and our overall church has really been strengthened by that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think the reality is it's um it's going to be a little bit trial and error and oh, yeah. and and I think that's what you got to understand is like part of putting yourself in the situation to make friends and whether you're more introverted or extroverted is going to have something to do with this, but I think it's you just you got to put in the time in the setting. So for instance, like if you are the person who comes five minutes late to church and leaves right when it's out, you're not going to make friends. Yeah. Church. Yeah. You've, you've got to be willing to, for the fellowship time after service, be the kind of person who lingers. Yeah. Yeah. And even just being around people, listening to conversations, talking, showing interest yeah. in other people. I think that's, that's probably for more introverted people. The challenge is just putting in the time because it takes more energy. Yeah. The extrovert's challenge is not just being friendly to everyone, but really prioritizing friends. You get yeah. such a high out of just making connections and moving on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I'm a, I'm a woo on the strength finder, and that's what they say. You know, that's my number one strength apparently is winning others over. And uh, mm-hmm. but what they say is you kind of get addicted to making that first impression and then moving on. Yeah, yeah. And and that's me. I'm just drawn to new people like moths to a flame to make mm. a good impression. Mm-hmm. You know. And and it kind of can get phony it, 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 unless you really say no. These are the the friendships I'm going to prioritize. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's one thing I would say. And then uh, you know, once you find those people who are real perspective friends, uh, here's the next kind of awkward step: is <laughs> like texting them for no reason or calling them just to check in on them. Mm-hmm. And and that can be an awkward thing at first, you know, to just say, "Hey, man, how was your week? Yeah, how's yeah. it going?" And it kind of feels brittle and weird at first, but the more you do that, the more they kind of become a natural conversation partner in life. Yeah. And you know, at this point, I'm blessed to have a couple friends where 
we know we're driving at the same time. Um, and we'll talk every week. Mm. And, you know, one of them lives close, one of them lives far away. But, but, but it's, it's, the friendship has become a constant conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, um, boy, it's invaluable. Yeah. I, I can't imagine my life without those kind of, uh, yeah. of friendships. Yeah. So those are a few things that That's I would say. Good. Yep. Well, I'll, to summarize, there's no cost-free friendships. Um, you're going to have to work a little bit yeah. to get them and to maintain them. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and friendships have to be aspirational. They, they have to be mutually challenging. Iron yeah. sharpens iron. And yeah. so it's a little different than a, a discipleship relationship. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be times in discipleship where you're pouring into someone and it doesn't feel very reciprocal. Right. It's just you're trying to build this person up. And that's great. You know, that's more like parenting. Yeah. Than, uh, than, yeah. than, than friendship. But eventually your kids become friends. Hopefully, you know, yeah. Yeah. the relationship with you, you know, yeah. just like, oh gosh, Jeff's a leech. Um, <laughs> but uh, eventually it's become more uh, reciprocal. But yeah, there has to be something aspirational of friends. So you see something in them and you think, I want to be that yeah. too. Yeah. So that's good. Whether it's physical discipline, whether it's uh, just their intellectual curiosity and their skills, their yeah. competence, maybe it's the way they treat their spouse, the way they engage with their kids. Um, there's got to be something about them that you admire. Yeah, yeah. And that feeling's got to be mutual in some way. Yeah. Because then it can become a sharpening exactly. uh, relationship. Right. So, right. And I think that's why sports form such great friends, actually, is because you see the person in real hardship mm-hmm. and see them pull through it and think, I want to be like that. Exactly. That's impressive. That's yeah. why war develops friendships, all of these things. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. and so I think, you know... Um, any common purpose or mission that you can engage in together too is really the way to build friendships. Yeah. Especially for men. Yeah. You yeah, know, go exactly. build something together, go fix something together, go take up running together, go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or something enjoyable like disc golf, take it, you know, yeah. just any kind of challenge that you can engage in together will be better um, for building that bond. Oh, that's great. That's good. Other thoughts? I think we, I'm, I am, the well is empty. The well is empty. I got one more question, and, yeah. and, and it's this. The assumption here has been that we should be selective in our friends, that we shouldn't give ourselves indiscriminately to everyone in, in the sense of time, right? Yeah. That there are certain friendships we should prioritize. How do you reconcile that with Jesus, who is called a friend of sinners? And obviously that's a, that's a, a negative from the people calling it. You know, you're a friend of sinners. You associate with them. But I think Jesus was a friend of sinners uh uh, obviously he befriended us and so how do you balance that between the reality that we're supposed to love unconditionally and that we're called to to reach lost people even very uh (laughs) dysfunctional lost people with the reality that um you know bad company corrupts good morals which is what paul says in in first corinthians 15 and those who walk with the wise become wise all those things so do you see the the tension that i'm trying to surface here yeah yeah well, I think it's part of being light and salt that you're light in a dark place. Yeah. You're salt in a, in a place that needs salt. That, and so you've got to see your calling as being an a, a influence for God wherever you are. Yeah. And, and that, for that reason, you don't draw back from the unrighteous or people who are, don't want anything to do with God. You, you look for opportunities to build relationships with them. But at the same time, you don't look for, for friendship or the things you would get from a, a mature friendship from them. You're there more as a servant. So it's just it's more yep. your perspective, I think. Yeah, it's friendly to all, friends to a few. Yes, is, yes. I think the distinction, and I would say, too, that 
if we're called to be salt and light, um, light will draw people and light will repel people right. naturally. Right. Not not by being some you know you know weirdly outspoken Christian and trying yeah. to create a crisis in every relationship, but it, but just you living out your convictions is gonna is gonna draw people and it's gonna repel people. And and the people who are continually disinterested or hostile toward the Christian faith, who you are around, Jesus didn't invest in those people. Right. He kept right. on moving. Right. And then some people are going to be drawn, and it's worth forming a deeper relationship. And right. So I think that's that's it. And I think it's a matter of influence, too. It's that, you know, what what relationships do I have where the influence runs both ways? Yeah. That's that's, it. that's really, that, that's really the, the question. Yeah. So yeah. That's a good answer. Cool. Well, just wanted to bring that up because I think it might be a question that listeners are asking. So, hey, listeners, thanks. Thanks for listening to podcasts. Here's my recommendation. Turn off the podcasts now. (laughs) Don't listen to another one of these podcasts or any other podcasts. You know what you should do? You should pick up the phone and call a friend and just say, hey, man, thinking about you. How you doing? Or, hey, girl. I don't know what women say to each other, but anyway, so that, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, do something to go cultivate a relationship. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you again pretty soon. Bye.